My friend Dove Alperin, who you've met in a few previous episodes, recently went through the process of applying to high schools in New York City. This is a process that's become familiar to lots of city students. And while there's an episode in itself to talk about school choice and whether the intention of choice is a promise delivered, this isn't about that. My guests are, of course, Dove himself and another New York City student, Geneva Hayward, who I've also introduced to you through some of my games and learning episodes. Geneva is a senior in high school, a pretty accomplished young game designer, and somebody who spent a lot of time hunting for the skills and experiences she saw as vital to her interests and future. But she had to look beyond school. Dove faces the prospect of heading to a school that's not tech-focused, and wonders whether there are ways to supplement the experience to get what he's looking for out of the next four years. When he told me about the predicament, I thought right away that connecting these two would be really helpful to Dove. And my hope was that opening the conversation to the No Such Thing audience might make it helpful to others as well. I hope it is. This is No Such Thing, a podcast about the promise and reality of learning with technology. I'm Mark Lesser. First off, let's talk about school choice um, and the high school application process. So um, starting with you, Geneva, can you uh, reach back into your... um, your memory and think about the process of applying to high schools. And what was that like for you? Um, It was really exciting for me because like I had this choice to learn about something I wanted to, and I was really into just going to any school for art. So I know that usually they give middle schoolers this big, like bulky book that has all the high schools that are in New York. And so most of the art high schools I had to like, um, apply by doing um I had to do like an interview or do like uh I can't remember the word for right for some reason but I had to like basically go there and do a bunch of drawings there or give a portfolio to go to the school yep and then while like any schools that had other things that I might have wanted to get into didn't really have anything else to give besides you know your grades and stuff yeah so yeah, it wasn't really difficult, but it was just like a lot if, you know, you need a portfolio and stuff to build up. And I've never done stuff like that before when I was in middle school. And how did you figure out how to do it? Um, well, you know, the Internet is, you know, your best <laughs> friend. <laughs> um, so I was like, oh, no, how do I build a portfolio? And I was like just thinking of how could I make all of this art and stuff. And also just because, you know, they have the instructions of what they want. And so it's like just trying to see what they want and try to just give them that. Yeah. And, and worth mentioning, uh, the school you ended up going to was art and design high school. Yeah. Art and design high school, which has a a pretty, a pretty incredible legacy. Um, I've learned if you, uh, check out even the, the art and design high school Wikipedia page, which there is one, um, there's an amazing list of alum, uh, on there. Um, that includes some pretty incredible, uh, everything, uh, painters, sculptors, uh, amazing graphic artists. Um, but the one thing that, uh, you couldn't find was, uh, much in the way of digital learning. And I, I want to talk more about that, but before we do, um, Dove, tell me about your uh, it, I realize it's, uh, you know, 10 months ago now, but, um, tell me about your recent experience with this process and, you know, what have you, what were the sort of ups and downs for you of this process? I was mostly fine, um, throughout the whole thing. 
uh, because like my parents are great and so we went to a bunch of tours and stuff and I did a lot of research and figured out what schools I wanted to go see um but it's also it's just kind of frustrating because it's super time consuming also um and you have to go to all these interviews all in all I do think it's like a, it's a seriously flawed process um because of just how it's designed it doesn't really make any sense it's like it was designed by someone that doesn't understand how the real world works and also it like advantages some people while disadvantaging others mm-hmm. and i so the big takeaway is i'm I'm just really glad that i'm done with it yeah yeah um what is it i'm just curious you said uh it was like it was designed by people that don't understand how the real world works um tell me tell say more about that it's just i i don't know like just the way it works there's just so many steps and fundamentally like non-intuitive parts of the process Mm. you just really have to wonder like what were they thinking when they made this yeah like and there's just some things that just don't make any sense like the high school process all the high school letters they like you put in your choices and it goes into like the big bad NYC Dewey algorithm and the <laughs> um the the uh the middle school choices going around the same time the middle school choices come out like three months later and it's just like they can't run two at once they oh. can't have two computers on at the same time it's just a bunch of like logistical things that just make it so much more frustrating for everyone yeah that it just makes me wonder yeah you know, I agree with you mainly because, like, I guess it wasn't difficult for me because I was specifically like, I want to go to an art school. But, like, my sister, who just, like, started her freshman year last year, like, she had so much trouble because she wanted to get into the high school where her track coach was. And, like, they just were like, no, you got to go to your zone school. Or, oh, interesting. Like, it's just all, it's a mess. Wait, why? Yeah. So it it's supposed to be, did, did she get any answer as to why? Because it's supposed to be that you can apply where you want to be. Yeah, like, I'm not really sure. It was really weird. And, like, she's going to go there now next year because they kept bugging them about it. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, they were like, oh, no, you didn't get into Francis Lewis. And I was like, well, why didn't she get in? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's infuriating. I mean, yeah. it really does, like... It, and, I mean, the system, like, as well as just, like, without providing any input to anyone and just being strange and weird in ways that no one understands, making it annoying for everyone, like, it's just, it's not a fair process either. So, like, uh, I'm lucky, like, my parents had time to, like, not be at work and, like, take me to these things and do this and have the wherewithal to sign up for tours when like they only come out at a specific time and different schools put out these tours at different times and they like they sell out ish you real yeah they don't have to pay really quickly and if your parent like doesn't understand the process or doesn't have the time to go out for work it like disadvantages that kid and i think the process like it just doesn't make any sense it's crazy do you do do either of you feel like you have um like do you have friends or uh classmates who had nightmare stories and i'm i'm thinking of uh dove you sort of self described as somebody who had the advantages when it comes to how this system was designed um even then it being infuriating but but do you guys have stories of uh sort of nightmare scenarios where 
students who don't have those advantages just got um, a, a tough breaks as a result? Um, for me, like, I wouldn't say really because, because, um, I didn't really have many friends in middle school. So like, it was like me and my two other friends and we got in the schools we wanted to go to. Yeah. And that was like kind of it. And also just because like, I don't remember much of the process besides me having to go to the school and take a test for it. Um, <laughs> right. right. You guys weren't <laughs> yeah. talking about it though, as, as, uh, like classmates and peers weren't I mean, sharing what was going on. I mean, I did see like some like, but basically they were like kind of the bad kids that kind of got into trouble all the time. They were like upset when everyone got the their acceptance letters. But yeah, because I didn't really talk to them because hmm. like they're pretty mean people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about you, Dove? Did did uh, do you have you know friends or classmates that that uh, didn't end up in as good a scenario as you? Um, I mean, I definitely know people that like got their eighth choice or something, which is just never fun. Yeah. Um, and, but as far as like specific stories, um, I'm not going to say anything because since this, this process is still happening right now for us. So if you want to do like second round or appeals or anything, which means that I don't know what people are doing. So I'm going to refrain from not using any specific stories that makes that makes a lot of sense it it, you know what's a little insane to me which is just an aside and not a question but um that you guys are are having to uh deal with this process very personally like and this isn't this isn't i mean you're it sounds like in both cases your folks have been really supportive um but you guys are getting to know a part of the bureaucracy that is um you know, district supports for education and for public education. And, um, I, to be honest, I don't know how I feel about it. On the one hand, it's like, um, not a bad thing to be involved in sort of, uh, paving your own path and having to make choices and, and put yourself out there to try and get to where you want to be. Um, on the other hand, it feels like an awful lot. It feels like a burden for, uh, you know, somebody who is 13 or 14 years old, um, you know, to be taking this on and, uh, it seems like a lot of stress, but, um, the process shouldn't be like the way it is anyway, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, quickly, because this episode is obviously not about, um, school choice alone, but, um, Dove, having just been through it, do you have, uh, like, is there a system out there that if you had it, like, let's say the district handed you the keys and was like, Dove, can you redo uh, school choice for us? Um, Do you have ideas for how it should be the way it should be? Um, So, first of all, there has to be, in my opinion, there has to be a way for every kid that wants to see a school. There has to be a way, even if their parents can't take them there, there has to be a way for them to get there. Yeah. Um, there has to be a way for every kid to be aware of different schools that they might be interested in. If that's not something that they're actively talking about at home or really understand the process that's happening. Um, and there needs to be more communication about what's going on. And there has to be, uh, there has to be some more. Uh, it has to be more universal than it is right now. 
now for so like you like it's really it's stretching people thin if like all these different schools are releasing tours at different times that have different parameters and you need to have accounts on different things um that's making it really hard and it does not create a level playing ground because you really it depends on you knowing where to look for these things and when they're happening yeah um things could definitely happen faster there's literally no reason that this ginormous weight happens like you the i'm sure that like at most if you had like even a pretty terrible computer running whatever their magic algorithm is it could take them like a week and then maybe like another week or two to sort out any changes or discrepancies that happen there um and that just creates a lot of unnecessary stress for a lot of people yeah yeah. And there's a few more, but I haven't like fully thought that out. But those are some of the big problems that I see. Yeah. Oh, and also, um, at like these at uh, interviews and assessments and stuff, uh, there has to be rules laid out from the DOE about accommodations and stuff like that. Right. I have assistive technology, um, and I mean, I ended up getting at the schools, but that was always a bit of like a thing I had to be like. It, it never, it never, we always asked if it was going to be there and it never really was. Yeah. And so like stuff like that. And I can like, I can get by without it. It's fine. But there are some kids that like really do need their accommodations and that's sort of unacceptable that it's so like, oh, maybe you'll get it. Maybe you won't. Right. That's frustrating. Yeah. Uh, well, I should have assumed you'd have some ideas. Those are extremely practical ones. Uh, and um, it'll be interesting. I, I would hope to have, um, I actually went, went uh, hunting a little bit for a rep from the department that uh, might be interested to join the conversation. It's really hard, I think, though, as an employee of the department to um, give a candid interview about this stuff. Um, so, but I, I will dig a little bit and I'd, I would be curious to know what the, uh, what that wait time is all about. Because like you said, um, computers are pretty fast. Um, and even with, you know, let's say it's a million students that, that placement, when you run that algorithm shouldn't take, um, the time that it does, but, uh, switching gears a little bit, Geneva, you were just accepted to college. Um, tell us about your plans. I'm really excited for you. Yeah. So in the fall, I'm going to NYU for their game center. And I'm really excited because I'm, I'm planning on dorming and I'm planning on, well, I don't really know what classes specifically I'm taking, but I like, I really want to try and be a part of as, as many events and get as much like education I can mm-hmm. out of this fall semester. Um, yeah, I know that in April they're having a lot of um, NYU admitted events. So I'm planning on going on those so I can like already start planning for the fall. That's amazing. So when you go in to um, study at the game center, um, what uh, is it a Bachelor of Arts or a BFA? Oh, oh, it's a BFA. It is. And and what's the title of the BFA? Um, is it game design? Fun. Yeah. Amazing. Um. That's pretty crazy. So um, part of what I'm excited to put you two together about is um, that you have been accepted to a pretty amazing uh, higher ed academic environment, kind of a a dream context for you, I think, from what I know 
we've talked about in the past. Uh, and I'm, I'm so happy for you for that. Uh, although it doesn't surprise me. Um, and Dove is at this place in his journey where he's at the last point of transition between, uh, you know, sort of facing high school and, um, Dove, tell us a little bit about, um, the predicament that you described to me just in terms of, you don't, we don't have to name the two schools by name if that's uncomfortable, but, um, just the sort of, um, the high tech versus low tech nature of the, the choices that are in front of you. Sure. So I got into my second choice, which I like very, very much, and I'm really excited about. Um, but the one thing I'm just, I'm speaking carefully here because if yep. I, when I do choose, I don't want there to be anything like, um, because I, I want to be very clear. Like I like both of these schools very much. And so my second choice I got into, I like it very much. It's a lot like how I like to learn. It's a lot like my current school, which I like very much. Um, the one thing is that it doesn't have much in the ways of technology, um, which is something that I like very much and that um, I would uh, that I'm interested in pursuing further. Um, but this school doesn't really have it. The, my first choice, which I didn't get into, um, is a very technology-centric uh, school. And so I could appeal to get into that for, into the first one, um, which I would have a pretty good chance of doing because a lot of the kids that do get placed there, originally don't want to be there either and they appeal and get out um and so it's a decision like which which do i value more and so that's kind of my predicament right now geneva i wonder if you have um thoughts for dove on that the uh you know like when when looking at those two options um you know, yeah, what's, so what's the right way to approach that? I feel like, um, so like, for example, like with your second choice and how you say that you like it a lot because it's like the way you like to learn, but although it might not have as much technology as you want, like if you put like both of those two together, like, um, hmm. because like with that school, I guess it's like, you like technology a lot and you can try to find other like after school programs that might have technology a part of it. Um, and like continue down that path through that way. And also like, because like if you go and repeal and try to go for that first goal, and if you stay through those four years and you find out that you like the way they're teaching, you don't like, or if like something that like the amount of technology, like, I don't know, the, whatever they're teaching isn't what you're specifically interested in. I feel like if you go for that first choice, then you might be trapped possibly without being able to be like, oh, let me try this or that. Mm. Um, but I'm not sure. It's like really up to you. You have to just like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You have to um, just see which which things might be more important to you for the future. Like plan for the future. That's what I want to say. Yeah, I mean, just also like, I also really do like the way that the that my first choice teaches as well. It's not like I don't like. Okay. It's just an interesting like it's an interesting thought experiment kind of. Just like that that is it's true. It's like locking me into something for four years, 
but it's also like a school I really, really want to go to, but I also really like the second one. It's interesting, mm. but yeah. Are there, um, Dove, are there, if, if you were to end up at your school of choice, um, I would imagine that there are a lot of like sort of, uh, humanities courses that you would end up sacrificing as a result of doing some of the more tech focused stuff. Is that right? Or is that a, a bad assumption? Um, it's not, I don't think it's a completely correct assumption, but it's not, uh, straying from incorrect. Yeah. Do you, are you already Dove thinking about, um, what undergraduate looks like i i would i and i asked that um sort of cautiously and i ask it uh without the weight of a right answer um i i can say for one that i certainly in eighth grade was not thinking about college but i'm i'm just curious whether that's a thought that crosses your mind um yeah no not really <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Um, I would, I often joke that if I uh, ended up doing what I thought I'd be doing uh, in eighth grade, that I would be the first baseman for the Mets, which hasn't panned out. Um, so Geneva, you went to a, a high school that is uh, really well known as an art and design school. What a lot of uh, people don't know is that uh, there are, um, certainly in higher ed, you see art and design schools now that are doing more that's sort of multidisciplinary and reaching, uh, and, and you all, you even see programs that are, um, very cross-curricular between design and engineering, um, and, and very tech focused. So it, it's not correct to say that design schools, art and design schools generally are low tech, but it so happens that um, that the high school you went to was not much for offering uh, computer science or um, some of the digital interests that that have really driven you over time. And I, I mentioned um, in the intro to this episode, um, and people know you from previous episodes on the show, that uh, you are a, a young upcoming game designer and somebody who has really gone after it. Uh, so I'm curious, one of the questions Dove that you had asked me is like, if I choose option two where, uh, I'm not going to the tech focused school, but I'm going to the school that, um, where the sort of learning environment is right for me and where I'm happy, but you know, is sort of the other option. Um, like what are the options for supplementing that experience uh, to get what I need? And, and Geneva dawned on me when Dub asked that, that you're somebody who's gone after that and figured it out. Um, you can't apply, I would imagine to uh, NYU's game center without a portfolio, like you said, and, and having um, a, a, some pretty impressive experiences. So um, tell us about how you navigated that and how did you figure out, um, the right ways to act, you know, the right access points, I should say, beyond school that would help you do the things you love doing? Yeah, so I feel like for most of that, it was because of school. Like, when I first got into NYU's, like, high school program for making games, um, 
it was because like I was in my computer arts class because we were learning how to use Photoshop and all of that. And my teacher was talking about how NYU has all these art programs that are on Saturdays. Mm. And so that's how I found out that there was a game design program. And it was their first year doing it. So mm. that's the only reason why I was like, whoa, maybe I should join. And then after that, you know, like there's so many opportunities that are given at my school. But the problem is like the way they like talk about it, it's like really like thrown out the window basically by most people. Like sometimes we'll have like, um, sometimes we'll all, all the seniors or who, whatever class will have to go in the auditorium for like a bunch of announcements. But because of like the opportunities are saved mainly for the last being like, oh, hey, if you go on the site, you can find these internships that are related to your major. Mm. And like no one really hears that until it's too late. And like, it's really frustrating from that, but that's basically how I, you know, went for what I wanted to go for. That's like interesting. The, yeah, the game design class I'm at now, um, School of Interactive Arts, it was because they came to the school and that there are people who are like, hey, if you want to hear about this program, go downstairs right now. Got it. And so, yeah. So so it sounds like in, in that particular case, a, a first piece of advice for not just Dove, but the many, many, uh, eighth grade students who are out there trying to figure out how they go after, um, digital interests, uh, that one of your first pieces of advice, if I'm, if I'm paraphrasing, uh, you correctly, um, is to really be on your toes about, uh, the opportunities that come through school. Like there are announcements yeah. and things, and it's really easy to miss stuff. Uh, but when you're really keeping an eye out for it, it, it does come around. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, definitely. And even like if you want to search for it on the internet, like there's a lot of stuff that I didn't know until I looked online. Like you can learn a lot of art programs through like lynda.com, like if you know the site. But like it's like usually you have to have a membership for it. But if you have like, for example, if you're in New York and you have a library card, you get it for free. Yeah, so Linda. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, Very cool. I, I did say Linda, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. That's amazing. So uh, students in New York who get a free New York Public Library card, uh, it sounds like advice number two is um, know what resources are at your fingertips for accessing free virtual content um, that can help you. I mean, Linda's really... Linda.com. Um, and, and I believe that they are now, um, I believe that they're now, a, a merged, uh, content platform with another. And I and for some reason I'm blanking on who Linda.com paired up with, but anyway, that is loads and loads of content. Um, though you have to be a really self-directed learner, right? Uh, for a, a student who's sort of dabbling, but maybe a little bit more shy about going out and getting it. Um, that might be a hard sell, right? Oh, yeah. But, um, I guess it's just like, really, if you want to go for it, you got to push yourself out of your comfort zone sometimes. Yep. That's great advice. How about your folks? Um, uh, and, and your teachers, uh, like, did it help for you to just make your interests really, um, you know, well-known by the adults around you so that they could point you in that direction? Or do you feel like you, you pretty much put yourself onto the things you needed to find? Um, 
I feel like, yeah, mainly because, like, I was like, yeah, I like game design. Because, like, um, when I first learned about, like, the program I'm in right now, um, it was because, like I said, they said go downstairs. But, like, they, um, my illustration teacher, who I had at the time, like, knew that I like game design. So he was like, yeah, you should go. And, like, if I didn't know, like, I might have missed out on it because, like, um, they don't tell every single student about certain opportunities. So that's that's pretty amazing advice. I think um, being super in tune with the announcements and resources that are actually coming through school, but that you might be ignoring because you're uh, whatever you are, your head's down on other work, <laughs> you're distracted by friends, uh, you're taking the opportunity to go hang out versus go and uh, hear from a program that's coming through and, and giving an information session. Your advice, um, one piece of advice is to be really in tune with that. Another, it sounds like, is to come out of your shell a little bit and, and go after it um, and, and go find what you need because there is stuff out there. Um, and then a third, it sounds like, is that it, it did help that you had teachers who uh, knew your interests well and knew what you weren't necessarily getting to experience at school so that when it came up, they could point you in that direction. Yeah, Definitely. And I want to say, like, one more thing, like, yeah. just to, like, when it comes to, like, listening to opportunities and going out for things, because, like, you do need time for yourself as well. So yep. it's, like, only take what you know for sure you're interested in so you don't waste your time. Yep. Did you, that brings, that, that makes me wonder, Geneva, were there other things that you experimented with that um, turned out to be not the direction you wanted to go? Like, did it take some experimentation? Um, well, I mean, there's this one club that was like, um, at school that was supposed to be like, coding for girls. And I was like, Oh, wow, cool. Let me check it out. And it was before I was in this program. And so they met on Mondays, but um, I was really tired at the time, because I don't think I was getting enough sleep. <laughs> and like, but like we didn't do any coding or prototyping of board games or anything like that. Um, so I was like, oh, I feel like this is kind of wasting my time. I have other things I want to do. Mm. And so, yeah, I like I went to tell them, I was like, yeah, I have other things that I need to do. But I appreciated that you guys like came here to our school to try and teach stuff. <laughs> right. I think they taught Scratch that I later learned, and I already knew what Scratch was. Yeah, so you were on yeah. it already. Yeah, um, mismatch is definitely an issue with programs. You know, programs can sometimes end up at a school where they realize that uh, students are actually farther along or, um, you know, the interest isn't there. Or lots of so many, uh, so many factors that go into whether or not a program can be effective at a school. That's That's for another conversation, but... Um, but that kind of stuff happens and, and, uh, you know, good on you for, uh, spotting it when you, when you sense that it wasn't a, a solid waste, uh, or a solid use of your time rather, um, to move on and figure out what was going to, uh, get you there. Do you guys yeah. think, um, like, is it an assumption that adults are making that, uh, generally more schools, uh, that are in that phone book size catalog of high schools that you had an option to apply to Dove. Um, mm -hmm. is it just an assumption that adults are making, or I should say I am a particular perspective because I'm an adult who 
uh, happens to work in in the digital learning space. So, of course, I think that that there should be many, many more high schools who have um, not necessarily a straight ahead uh, sort of air quotes tech curriculum, uh, but rather mm-hmm. that are more infused with. Uh, the digital sort of reality of our time. Um, is that I, just an assumption that adults make or, or do you guys feel like that too? Like do schools need to be more uh, digitally integrated, let's call it? Yes. They, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of schools that like are like, no, we're going to do it the way we've always done it and we're going to be happy about it. But I don't think that's like, I don't think that's a good idea because then any kid that doesn't like, explore technology and know how to use it outside of uh, someone showing them how to do it will then uh, be in for not uh, not such a happy surprise when they leave high school. Yeah. Yeah. And also just like, cause like so many kids, you know, they need to like type out their work or if they get an internship, they might have to use programs they might not have used before if they, you know, aren't tech savvy. And so it's good for schools to like teach kids technological skills. So they have those skills for the future, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Geneva, do you feel like for art and design schools specifically that it sounds like you did have um, some, some art and computing kind of experiences with, uh, you know, a, Adobe uh, Creative Suite and that kind of thing. Um, do you feel like more art and design schools in the city, because there are a, a good handful of them, um, yeah. need to be thinking more digitally? Yeah, like if there's, like I know a lot of art schools who are that are mainly for just, just painting and things like that, you know, all just using traditional art um, and art materials. But I feel like also just like, you know, learning the Adobe suite, not all of it, but like at least Photoshop is really, really, really helpful. Mm. Because like I was like, when I was in middle school, I was messing with Photoshop. And then when I it was sophomore year and they were teaching like all the cool things you can do in Photoshop, it made so many more things a lot easier. Yeah. You know? Um, Yeah. And it's just like, because there's so many resources on the internet and on and like on computers that we can use but we just don't use them if we don't know how to use them yeah or know that they're there in the first place yeah that too yeah okay so not i'm I'm glad i checked my assumption but uh but it sounds like we we see pretty eye to eye on that um so uh, last sort of uh, area that I wanted to go is if we fast forward Geneva um, to this year and, you know, you you did these informal programs and um, had from from other conversations you and I have had, it sounds like some pretty amazing experiences out of school. Um, but then it comes time for the practical step of ap- applying those experiences to undergraduate, um, programs and like applying to high school. Um, a lot of that relies on the metrics that school provides, right? So a lot of them, when you apply to college, they're looking at transcripts and your grades and your GPA and depending on the school, your SATs or ACTs. Um, and, so one problem that I'm really interested in is how does somebody like you, Geneva, 
take those experiences from the informal setting and and for lack of a better word sort of sell them to the next step in your journey like how did you show nyu what you were capable of i'm guessing that the game center required something of a portfolio um tell us about your process from the point where you realized oh wow i have all this stuff that i'm making after school but it's not a part of this transcript or anything else they're going to see realizing wow i need to learn how to put this stuff together so that colleges can see it uh to uh, you know putting in the application what was that like and and what did you have to do to figure out how to get that stuff together well, applying for college was really, really exhausting. Um, but basically, you know, when you're applying to college, you ask questions. Like I was asking like, hey, so how can I, can I like show you guys my games for the portfolio? And they're like, yeah, just like give the link to the games. And um, most colleges actually don't expect like kids to have, you know, made games or like have too much like experience with like computer science stuff because you know there's a lot of schools that don't have it like my school doesn't have it um and so instead of like just putting one polished games and one polished game in there i put like five (laughs) Mm. um but even besides like putting all that stuff together because you know like there's the site for applying to college called common app so you can put all of the experience you've done and your grades and all of that other stuff that takes very very long yeah um but yeah i just like had to sit down put everything together and um send it off to schools um and i really i feel like the just the two main things i was struggling with when applying to college was like just um putting together my portfolio because i um like the prototype for the kickstarter game i have right now is like i put that in my portfolio and i wanted to have that prototype at least done and it was taking forever. Yeah. And then the the second thing was I wanted to um, raise my SAT grades so I could um, make sure that I could get in. And I wanted to enter this all by the early decision deadline. So right. it's very very exhausting. But like I pulled through, luckily. Yeah. But it was just yeah. So did you end up um, demo? Did, like was there a way to demonstrate your like link to is what I mean your games. Oh on the common app or did you have to do that as a separate attachment? Oh yeah. So like besides common app, usually for like any art school that's like has a portfolio requirement or just an option to add a portfolio, they use this thing called slide room. Yeah. So yeah, basically um, what I did was I uploaded like screenshots and videos, I think of each game. And then I had a Google doc, well not a Google doc, a word, a word document um, that had all of the games and the link to them on itch.io. So if for anybody who's interested in glitch, I would encourage everybody to go and check it out. Um, Dove, you want to, for those who don't know it, say what glitch is specifically. Um, So glitch is an online editor um, for the web. Uh, so you can build web apps in it. So HTML, CSS, JavaScript. And then you can write the you can write your server and uh, Node. I don't think it supports anything else right now. Um, and it's collaborative. So if you ever used a Google Doc, it's kind of like that. Um, so multiple people can edit it at once. Um, and it's just it's a really. Uh, 
it's a really nice thing to use and it's super easy for everyone that uh, just wants to get into uh, programming because on the homepage there's all these different examples of different things um, and it's really nice. Yeah. Um, one of the things I love about Glitch is that their commitment is to making the process of uh, learning to um, to write code and to develop um, a more, a more friendly one and one that, that doesn't, uh, shame anybody who wants to come in and break things and, and make mistakes and sort of, uh, they even have features within the product for raising your hand, uh, when you want, uh, other developers to have a look at what you've done and maybe you've hit a roadblock and you need some help. Um, there's no, uh, there's no sort of, uh, shaming or other kind of, um, you know, down downsizing people when uh, they don't know as much as their peers. So it's a pretty great platform, and we're going to talk more about it. Um, and um, it's kind of serendipity that you guys uh, mentioned it in this episode because Mouse is about to uh, Mouse and Fog Creek are about to make some announcements um, related to that partnership. Um, so, but this was not a, uh, a <laughs> this was not an a uh, an ad placement by any means. Um, so, guys, thank you so much for the time. I feel like um, Dub, do you feel like this conversation is uh, is a helpful one? Um, does it does it help you think about this? Uh, if I'm being honest, not really. Like I've had I've had uh, different parts of this conversation with different people. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, I think if for anyone that like hasn't had this whole conversation over the period, over the last few weeks, it's, um, it'll, it's definitely like a good, uh, summation of this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, um, that was my hope, uh, of putting you guys together and making sure that we recorded the conversation was, um, less so I know Dove, you've been batting this thing around and we've actually had a previous conversation about it. So I appreciate your honesty. Um, but it really is for, I'm going to try and rush this episode out so that, uh, students who are in this position or more likely educators of those students who know that they're going through this, um, can share, the uh share your voices uh between the two of you so if our goal today was to offer a few pieces of advice for students and parents other youth workers who are trying to navigate um digital literacies for high school students that may not have it uh in their school especially as it relates to uh students who want to follow that path in higher ed um any other bits of advice that we're leaving out dove or geneva um dove from your experience going through this recently uh are there there things you want to share that uh are tidbits that you think will be useful to others and uh geneva same anything we left out i guess what i just want to say is um to people who don't know where they're going to like don't be afraid to explore, or if you're just like interested in, in something small, don't be ex- ex- bleh, afraid to just try it out and see if you like it or not. Because like when I first got into high school, I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna be an animator or something. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and when I was applying to like um, NYU's like high school program for game design, I was like, I'm probably not gonna get in. This I don't know what I'm doing, but. Um, 
don't don't be afraid like if you are afraid it's okay mm-hmm. but just go for it dub how about you keep advocating like you know what you need um keep advocating to make sure you get it is yeah. i guess the best uh the best advice i have right now that's great advice um last question if you guys uh if if resources were no issue right and and i handed you whatever you needed to um create a solution for this issue right that that you guys could could build together to help make this uh less of a maze and a mystery the issue of uh going to high school and maybe not getting everything in that experience that you need or want from uh, your interest areas. Like if, if we had to create a better system for, to connect students with all of the ways that they can get the experiences they need, what do you, what do you guys think that should look like? There's like so many things because like, you know, there's some people who don't have like the technology to literally like search for schools or like if like, I know for college they do this where they have like little video tours or whatever. And Mm. I feel like, like high schools could do that too. Although I guess some people would be like, Oh, that's a little extra, but it's like not everyone can travel really far. Like some kids that come to my school are from Staten Island. I don't think they want to take a ferry to visit a school and then have to visit all these other schools. It's tiring, you know, especially for middle schoolers. Like, um, and besides like, um, like offering that, um, let me think. It's just a lot because, like, not everyone has everything they need to go out there and find those things that they want to do with their life or just the schools they want to go to. Yeah. What do you think of the idea of a game that uh, helps that age group, the sort of middle school age group, navigate the the process of applying to high school and then also figuring out how to get what what they need? Could we could we make it not lame? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it could be not lame. It would just have to like, rem- it would have to impact the kid without making it be like a bunch of nonsense if it was a game. Yeah. Because like it, like Dove said, the high school application process is pretty, pretty wonky. <laughs> pretty lame. <laughs> yeah. Dove, how about you? Any ideas for how we can, how we can, uh, uh, it doesn't even have to be a hundred percent fixed, but improve, uh, this experience for young people. Quite honestly, like, um, I think what it needs best is a, um, it needs a rethink from someone that actually is like willing to talk to kids that are like going through the process as it is now and have already done have already done this um, and all that. And I think it's really important that it, when it does, and hopefully it does get rethought out that it actually, like you talk to a lot of people and I think that's, what's going to do it. Yeah. I don't personally like have any ideas now, but anyone that is tasked with like actually doing it needs to, needs to actually figure out how to do it. And yeah. I think that's- well, I mean, even as you're talking, I'm thinking like, what about even just starting with an open survey for students and families going through the process to be able to offer open-ended feedback, um, starting with that kind of data, which may actually exist to be fair. Um, uh, but, but I don't know about it. Uh, if it does exist, I hope somebody will point me to it and I will add it to the show notes. But, um, what, 
never ceases to amaze me, but but uh, shouldn't surprise me any longer as uh, talking to smart young people like the two of you, um, how practical uh, your ideas are and, and solutions to some of these problems are rather than, than being off uh, on another planet about uh, solutions. The things that you guys have offered are so insanely practical and um, it, it makes us... I hope everyone wonder uh, why we're not taking these steps. Um, guys, thank you so much for your time. Uh, to take us out, Geneva, you want to tell us about uh, the game that you just um, showcased and have up? I think you have a Kickstarter up right now. Yep. Um, so my game, Skate and Date, it's a roller derby rhythm game. So basically you're pressing buttons to the beat while dodging past people because you're in a roller derby match. And it's up on Kickstarter right now, and yeah, amazing. I, I can't wait to. Uh, I can play a full version or just the demo now. Oh yeah, the demo is out right now. Great. Uh, skate and date. Any any other collaborators on that that you want to shout out, or, um, or is it no, like all I'm, Geneva? Wor- yeah, I'm working on it by myself, <laughs> but. <laughs> I guess I could shout out my friend Rebecca. She also launched a Kickstarter last week because, like, you know, we've been both working on our separate Kickstarters at the program. And her game is called Fight Me IRL, which stands for In Real Life. Right. And it's it's about memes. It's about fighting people online. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, but it's, like, really good. That's incredible. Uh, check those out. Dove, anything, uh, anything you want to plug before we go? Uh, I know you... You have um, always various projects going at uh, at any given time. Anything you want to point people to, or or uh, just a random message to the public that uh, a, a Dove public service announcement. Uh, you always have to have uh, effective gloves because if you don't, you're going to end up with orphan flags. Um, and you know, you also always have to be sweet and graceful. Amazing final words. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, I think it's going to help a lot of people. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. For more info about advertising with us, charitable sponsorship, or if you have show ideas you want to share with me, find me on Twitter at M.A. Lesser. No Such Thing is produced by me, Mark Lesser, a learner like you, and our show notes can be found at nosuchthingpodcast.org. The tracks in this podcast were produced by Leroy Tindy, a guest in episode one, an Olympic fully clothed hotel pool swimmer. Find him on SoundCloud at Air Tindy Beats. This show would not be possible without support from the good people at Mouse, a national youth development nonprofit that believes in technology as a force for good. Find us online at mouse.org.